Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Turn Up the Lights in Here, Baby edition as the Bengals shine under the national Thursday night spotlight as they knock off the undefeated Dolphins 27 to 15. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, post-game comments from players and coaches, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know Bengals defensive back, Trey Flowers. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since a visit from the commissioner. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was in Cincinnati for the game and dropped by the broadcast booth for a pregame show interview. He said great things about the city and about Katie and Elizabeth Blackburn and took the time to pose for a picture with Dave Lapham and me. As far as I'm concerned, the man uttered the most beautiful words in the English language from his basement a few years ago when he said, with the first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. Now, let's get to the radio replays from Thursday's whiteout win in front of a record crowd of 67,260 at Paycor Stadium. Burrow takes the snap, nice. hands it to Mixon, Knights nice. inside for the get first it. down, keeps fighting yeah. toward the end zone. Yeah. It's a touchdown! Joe Mixon takes it in from five yards out. His first touchdown of the year, and for the second consecutive week, the Bengals take the ball to begin the game and go 75 yards to take the lead. Tua wants to throw. He's going to fire high and deep downfield for Tyreek Hill. Intercepted! Picked off by the Bengals at the 28-yard line by Von Bell. They fake a run to the right. Tua bootlegs to the left. Wants to throw deep. Nobody open. He'll be sacked. Josh Tupo with the sack. Tua's hurt. He threw him down. He hit his head on the turf. This will be a 52-yard field goal try for Jason Sanders trying to give Miami the lead. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg, it's blocked. It is blocked, and it will bounce into the end zone and roll through the back. Cheeto. And the Bengals will have the ball at their own 42-yard line as a result. Burrow on third and 11 will look to pass. He throws it deep down the sideline, and it is caught. T. Higgins breaks the tackle. He's at the 10, the 5, touchdown! Got him in Bengals! Xavier Howard in coverage. T. Higgins made the catch, broke out of an ankle tackle, and took it in for the long touchdown pass on third down and 11. Tyreek Hill goes in motion. Teddy Bridgewater with the shuffle pass. Edmonds spinning toward the goal line. He is in for a Miami touchdown with nine seconds left in the half. What a design on that play. Miami trying to take the lead. Here comes the short field goal try. It is good. And the 65-yard pass from Teddy Bridgewater to Tyreek Hill helps Miami pull in front 
for the first time all night. It's 15-14 Miami, late third quarter with 2.40 to go. Second down and six to begin the fourth quarter at the Dolphins' 49. Burrow in the shotgun, catches the ball, fakes a handoff to Mixon, rolls out to the right. Burrow's going to fire. Got him. Deep downfield for Boyd. Yeah. Over the shoulder, catch of the 15, tackled inside the 10. Nice. He's brought down at the six. Adam Midas snaps it to Huber. Here comes the kick, and the Bengals have the lead with 12 minutes left. As Money Mac makes it 17-15, Cincinnati. Huber ready to hold. Adam Midas will snap. The rookie is ready. Fires it back. The ball is down. Here comes the kick. It has the distance. It is yeah. good. Yeah. Money Mac. Money indeed. A 57-yard field goal to give Cincinnati a five-point lead. Second and ten. Bridgewater. Fires a quick pass. Oh, intercepted baby. at the nine-yard line. Whoa. Running the ball back now to the 20, 25-30. Von Bell to the 45, the 50, nice. and the Dolphins' 45-yard line. Von Bell's Big. second interception of the game gives the Bengals the ball back in Miami territory with three minutes and five seconds to go. Third down and goal from the two. They still have a sixth offensive lineman in. Burrow wants to throw. Easy. His pass yeah. caught by Hurst. Easy. Touchdown. Nice. nice. Bengals. Nice. And that should be Coffin Nails. Bam, bam, bam. Joe Burrow threw for 287 yards with two touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 115.9. His top target was T. Higgins, who spoke to Dave Lapham after the game. Seven catches, 124 yards, including a 59-yard touchdown catch. You got in one-on-one coverage against the Pro Bowler. Joe saw you. Joe said, I'm going there. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we knew we was going to get that, you know, coming into this game. And, um, you know, it it was my job to, you know, go out there and win. He won some, but you know that's 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 the, that's the you know good of this of this game. You know, you win some, you lose some, and you know I was able to win. Everybody talked about their two receivers and the explosiveness of their two receivers. You had a 59-yard touchdown catch. Uh, Jamar Chase had a 36-yard reception and a 23-yard reception. Tyler Boyd had a 43-yard reception. You guys had plenty of explosives yourself. I mean, so the trio. Out did the duo look like to me? You guys, uh, defense contained Waddle, but all three of you guys at some point in time during the course of the game made big plays. I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's what we're here to do. You know, um, you know, uh, we got that firepower. You know, we got Joe Mix in the back backfield. So, you know, I mean, um, we just you know we just play off each other. You know, when one's one's not do, when one's getting doubled, you know, we got another. When the others getting doubled, we got another. So, um, you know, we just we got to continue to play off each other and keep building each other up, and hopefully we can keep it going. And then Hayden Hurst has three catches, uh, and he has a touchdown reception as well, a big touchdown reception. He has a 19-yard catch, his first catch of the game. So, I mean, when they're paying all attention to you guys, your tight end's going to eat a little bit too, right? For sure, for sure. And um, Hayden's one of those guys. Even Mitch, you know, Mitch had a nice nice yep. catch and run. Yep. So, I mean, um, you know, I'm proud of those guys just because, I mean, you know, just because what they've been doing, how they've been, been working, you know, lately. And, um, I mean, man, we got a lot of firepower. Now, they've got a, a, in their DNA to blitz to play zero coverage. Didn't look like they wanted to do that. Did they play more cover two and, and uh, deep safety coverage than you guys had thought? Did you guys have to make any adjustments in that area? So what we was getting, um, you know, we realized real early that, you know, they was doubling uh, TB and Chase, and it was zero with me, um, you know, man-to-man with, uh, you know, Howard, one of the best corners in the league. And, um, 
you know, we talking on the sideline that I was going to have to win. You know, it was a big game for me, and, you know, I, I delivered. You sure did. So now the team starts minus five in the turnover department. Now you're plus one. Tonight, the offense did not have a giveaway. That's a big goal, obviously. You guys succeeded there and had two takeaways, plus two on tonight's uh, action to make you plus one in the season. That's going to win your football games, isn't it? Yeah, man. Um, you know, we preach that. You know, we want our defense to go out there and, you know, get turnovers, 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 turnovers. And, you know, we preach on the offense, don't turn the ball over. You know, hold on to the ball and, you know, protect it. So, and, you know, we was able to do that, you know, this week. And yeah! hope we can keep it going. <laughs> what's, what's it feel like to, to knock off the last undefeated team in the AFC? Uh, honestly, I didn't even know they was the last uh, undefeated team in the AFC. Man, we were just attack it 1-0 each week. And, you know, we was able to do that this week. Congratulations on a big night. Thank you. caught one of Joe Burrow's touchdown passes. Hayden Hurst caught the other to clinch the victory with 152 remaining. We are in a very happy Bengals locker room with tight end Hayden Hurst, who caught his first touchdown pass in a Bengals uniform tonight. The clincher. Those are always fun, aren't they? Absolutely. That was a really good feeling. Um, packed house. It was just surreal, honestly. I'm just... Couldn't be more excited to be a Bengal. Couldn't be more excited to be here and help this team. Quite a difference uh, five days can make when you win two games in a five-day period and go from 0-2 to right back in the thick of things at 2-2. and Absolutely. We needed that one. We needed to go into this kind of long weekend with 2-2, two and two, even things up. Uh, it's great for our confidence, and as you can tell right now, it seems, it seems a confident bunch. And when we get rolling, watch out. You alluded to the atmosphere, the whiteout. Uh, everybody was excited about the Tiger Stripe uniforms. How would you describe the atmosphere out there tonight? Absolutely electric. Um, I feed off stuff like that. You know, my first catch, I kind of got going, and the crowd was rocking. Um, and it just helps the team roll. Um, and that's kind of what I bring to the table every Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm a madman out there, and that's what I'll do. I, you know, every Sunday, I'll never let up. That first catch came on third and one. You guys converted a bunch of third downs early, and obviously that was a key to building the lead and ultimately winning the game. Absolutely. I mean, if we can just, you know, put drives together, get out of our own way, and just piece these things together, this is an incredible offense. I mean, we've got playmakers all over the place. Um, we just got to get open for Joe, and, you know, he feeds us the ball, and we get this thing rolling. Like I said, it, it's going to be pretty, pretty scary. Congrats on the touchdown and the win. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Before we turn to the defense, here's a quick reminder that the Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. The Dolphins had 11 possessions on Thursday and only scored one touchdown. That means the Bengals' defense has only surrendered one TD the last 31 times the other team has had the ball. Von Bell picked off two passes, and Logan Wilson had a key third-down stop in the fourth quarter when the Bengals were only up by two. I talked to Logan about that in front of his locker. We're in the locker room with Logan Wilson, one of the big defensive plays in this game. Early in the fourth quarter, you guys are clinging to a two-point lead. It's third and one. It seemed like the Dolphins had momentum. You made a huge stop for a one-yard loss. Describe the play and how big you think, thought it was. You know, I was going to shoot the I was going to shoot the V gap on the right side um, if the tight end stayed over there. But as soon as he motioned, I, my gap responsibility changed. Um, and as soon as that happened, I knew that they were going to run to that other side, and I just tried to shoot my shot and make sure he couldn't get the first down. Did you have the feeling after that stop 
that, you know, it was a big momentum changer? I mean, it felt pretty big. Crowd was roaring pretty pretty loud. The, our, our guys were hyping me up pretty good. It was it was fun. I was, it was awesome. We're visiting with Logan Wilson. What did you think of the atmosphere tonight? Unbelievable. When, when Coach Taylor just said it was the largest home crowd we've ever had, I mean, we, we can't do what we do without that. You know how many, t- I don't know how many, like, issues they had on offense because they couldn't hear, hear, hear themselves and communicate, and um, it creates issues for opposing offenses, and we love it. We really do. It helps us a lot. Yeah, when they burn those two quick timeouts yeah. deep in their own Huge. territory early, you could tell it was Huge. the crowd. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they were trying to talk. You saw them trying to talk and communicate, but they couldn't hear each other, and they are like, what, what? So it's, it's great. We love our crowd, and they're, they're, they're really they're the best fans in the world right now. So early in the season, the turnover ratio was obviously bad in the season opener against Pittsburgh. Now you guys are positive for the yeah. season after two picks by Vaughn tonight. Yeah, uh, that's quite a turnaround in a short period of time. Yeah, you just got to weather the storm. Keep keep working, keep at it, and uh, I think that's what we did. What a difference five days makes, right? Two wins, you're two and two yeah. with uh, two victories in a five-day yeah, period. Every How's it feel? Every week's a new week. You know, we got to put, put. You know, just because we started off zero and two. Um, sky wasn't falling. You know, we still knew what we were capable of, and um, we still got a lot of a lot of work ahead of us. But um, these are two good victories to, to, to enjoy. Enjoy the mini buy. Congrats. Well, thank you. So the Bengals are back to 500 at two and two. Lap spent a few minutes after the game with Zach Taylor. We know how hard it is to win in the National Football League. When you get two of them in five days, that's like anniversary, birthday, all wrapped in one. <laughs> it is. You know, it's nice to create some momentum for ourselves going into a, a big divisional game, as we all know. So probably the way these guys responded to a short week, um, played really strong in the second half, and, and that says a lot about the character of this team. So you didn't give the football away offensively. You have two takeaways. Von Bell has his first multiple career uh, interception game. You were minus five after week one. Now you're plus one. And here you are, even Steven, at a two and two record. Kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? A shocker. You win the turnover battle and you, you got a great chance to win the game. You know, and that's uh, the percentages tell you if you can be plus two, it's, it's you know, above 80%, you're going to win the game. And our guys take that to heart. They work like crazy on it. I think the offense has done a really good job securing the football, making good decisions by Joe. And defensively, those guys are doing everything they can to get the ball away. I've been in situations where the opposing team has an injury like two ahead. And not only does it affect his teammates, it does affect the other team. I mean, nobody wants to see that kind of thing. How proud are you of the way that your team kind of compartmentalized it because nobody likes to see that and then respond and play the way they did? Yeah, that's the unfortunate part of football. You know, you got to be able to respond after after an injury like that. Um, certainly we're all thinking about him because that's, that's not what you want to see. He's a great kid, um, and we hope for the best. So let's see a couple of your, uh, your guys that had big days. T. Higgins, they decided, okay, we'll put Howard on T., and they're going to double the other guys. And you just said, T, go win. And he won. I mean, T. Higgins had seven catches, 124 yards, including that uh, that big touchdown reception of 59. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, – we got we got a lot of weapons. And so when you're going to double double TB and double Jamar and put one of the top corners in the league on T, uh, we're expecting T to step up and win, and he did. And then Hayden Hurst, that 19-yard uh, reception early in the game, short ball and then run after catch. And, uh, you know, he ends up with three catches for 27 yards that were all big as well. He had the two-yard touchdown catch. Oh, those were huge. You know, he had that one at the beginning of the game that got us a lot of energy. Uh, he had a big play action to start a drive in traffic with a great catch. And then he had the touchdown that really put the game away. So Hayden, Hayden's uh, been a tremendous weapon and asset for us and uh, plays with a lot of emotion, which is a good thing. 
How how uh, beneficial was the crowd, Coach? I mean, it, it was it was like off the hook, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, you saw the two timeouts they had to take there in the first half, and um, that's that's. We even had problems sometimes with the noise because of the response after turnover. Uh, we had a hard time communicating the play, you know, and uh, it's a special special stadium, special crowd, and uh, really happy uh, to see the turnout we had, and, and it was expected. So you had five straight third and one conversions. But then, you know, the fourth and one was, was, a, was painful for you. And then in the low red zone it had to be an issue that you, you know, the, as you look back, it's not a good memory. Still get some work to do there? Yeah, you know, down, down especially on the goal line. You know, we got to finish the seven points. We can't settle for three. Um, I, I think, you know, in the field, short yardage, I know the fourth and ones are always going to stand out. But our guys have done a good job in short yardage overall. Just those key situations, we got to be better. Um, help them with the call, help them, you know, with the, with the execution, we've got to be better. But but the low red zone, we do need to do a better job for sure. Congratulations. Got a long weekend. Are the, are the players off for three days, Coach? What are you, what are you doing with the players? Let them sell. I heard a lot. I heard a big yelling here, and they must have given them some good news there. Yeah, the, these short weeks are taxing on you, and so they deserve it. So we're going to see these guys on Monday and get ready for a big divisional game next Sunday. And finally, I thought one of the big keys to the game, to go out in that first drive, and Miami's defense, you know, 90 snaps in the heat. You guys ground them up a little bit and made life tough for them at the very early stages of the football game. I think that was a factor. Yeah, it was a start we were looking for. Our, our, again, our offense has a lot of a lot of confidence, so to get the ball first, uh, they know that there's a lot of pressure to go down there and put seven points on the board, and two weeks in a row they've done it. Congratulations. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. It was a great win, and the atmosphere was electric. But it also featured the frightening sight of Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungo-Vailoa being taken off the field on a stretcher after suffering head and neck injuries that sent him to the hospital. It marked the second straight week that Tua was forced out of a game after hitting his head on the ground, although he was designated with a back injury last week. Miami head coach Mike McDaniel acknowledged that Tua is in concussion protocol this time around, Here's Bengal safety Von Bell. Playing a prep for him, you know, you never want to see that type of stuff in this game. Um, guys going to war for each other and each team trying to win and put their team in the best position to win. But you never want to see an injury like that. Uh, prayers go out to him and his family. Um, that's a scary sight to see in this game. You never want to see that. So, uh, you know, it was a tough. You felt the energy shift a little bit, but you got still in the back of your mind keep the task at hand. After being evaluated at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, Tungo Vailoa was released from the hospital and traveled back to Miami with the team. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. Now, time for post-game analysis in this week's Radio Guys Recap. Well, Lap, I vaguely remember when the Bengals were 0-2 and everybody was worried. Now they're 2-2. They've knocked off an undefeated team, and in a five-day period, they're back on track. Yeah, I mean, lose the first two games by three points and then win two by double-digit scores, by two scores or more. That's a that's pretty good recovery, pretty good rebound, pretty good bounce back, whatever you want to call it. Now they find themselves, you know, 2-2. Two and two, Best record in the, in the AFC is 3-1. and one. They are right squarely back in the hunt. And, uh, you know, they start the season off minus five is why they lose to Pittsburgh. Now they're plus one. So they've done a good job of remedying that issue. And uh, they go from minus five in their first game at home to plus two in this game and not turn it over a lick. 
turn it over five times and don't get a takeaway, just the opposite. You know, they get two takeaways, career-high two interceptions by Von Bell, and don't turn it over at all. It's pretty good. Record crowd in attendance, and these guys, based on the ones I talked to, seem genuinely appreciative of the noise level, the fact that they were throwing the Dolphins off early in the game. They were confused. They were forced to, to burn a couple of timeouts. You've been out there as a player. I mean, what does that mean when the crowd is behind you that way? Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's significant. There's, there's no question. I've been on both sides of it, you know, and it's uh, it's, it's a real joy <laughs> when, when it's in your favor, and it is brutally difficult when it's not I mean you know it, it just it, if uh, I, I think if you've never experienced uh, tinnitus whatever they call it that's what it sounds it's like it sounds like you have tinnitus it's like your brain is just there's a constant hum you can't hear anything you can't really think I mean it's it, it's really brutal it it, uh, it makes you very hesitant um, and it's it, it's tough to operate they were going crazy on the takeaways. On the two interceptions, it was hard to communicate. Zach was saying that they had a hard time getting the play call in and communicating it because the crowd mm. was so pumped up and geeked up after the takeaway. So uh, they were in full throat, as we like to say, uh, from start to finish tonight. And it was it was uh, really good to see. And like we thought, Dan, it was a huge factor in the outcome of the football game. And I thought the way the Bengals started the game – you know, take the football, go up against that Dolphin defense that played 90 snaps in that heat and humidity and grind on them a little bit. I think that had a little bit of effect, you know, as uh, as the game came to a conclusion, particularly when they went down a couple of scores. They didn't really have much fight left. So the Bengals' offensive line got ripped and roasted the first couple of weeks of the season. Last week they surrendered two sacks uh, in the win over the Jets. Tonight it was one sack, so it's obviously trending up. And tonight only three quarterback hits. Last week against the Jets, Joe still got hit nine times, but tonight he rarely hit the ground. I thought he had a lot of very good pockets where, you know, there was nobody within five yards of him, and he had an unimpeded view. I mean, he had big throwing lanes that there were no bodies in front of him. And to me, you know, that's when you're really protecting well, when you give the quarterback not only time but space and vision. And so all three of those components, tonight he did have time, and for the most part he had space to operate and, and then vision to, to see the field. And you can't say that, you know, necessarily, particularly in the first two weeks. It got better last week, and it improved this week, so the graph's going in the right direction. A gigantic game for T. Higgins, seven catches, 124 yards, including the 59-yard touchdown. Jamar Chase had four catches for 81 yards. I think most people look at this team as, you know, Chase is the number one receiver and and Higgins is a very good number two. It's probably time to throw that aside. It's one and one A. If you go back to the playoffs last year, T. Higgins made just as many big plays down the stretch as Jamar Chase. They truly have two number one receivers, and probably two of the top 10 or 15 in the NFL. Agreed. You know, and uh, every one of the receivers, the, the, the trio, had a massive play. 59-yard touchdown, 43-yard reception by Tyler Boyd, a 36-yard a completion to DeMar, to, or a 23-yard completion to DeMar Chase, and he had another 36-yard reception from Joe Burrow. So they got, you know, four plays of 20 yards or more from you know three different guys so and then the other one like we thought okay which tight end's going to step up Hayden Hurst gave him a lot of energy on that 19 yard catch it got the crowd going 
He got it going. He got his teammates going. Three-yard pass for and then 16 run after catch for 16 yards. The two-yard touchdown reception was huge. He had a massive contribution. You know, you think, oh, you know, you know what, three catches for, for 27 yards? Sometimes you have to look at the entirety of the, in the scope of what those catches, when they occurred, how important they were. They were, they were big. They were big plays by Hayden Hurst. So I thought he made a major contribution as well. A lot of big plays on the defensive end tonight. Von Bell with his first two interception game, not only in the NFL, but his first since high school. He never had two in a game at Ohio State. Logan Wilson with a huge stop on third and one in the fourth quarter when the Bengals were clinging to a two-point lead. I'll group this in on defense. Rookie Jeffrey Gunter blocking that 52-yard field goal try. Um, Josh Tupo with the first sack of his NFL career. Unfortunately, it was the play that knocked Tua Tungo Vailoa out of the game, but it was a big defensive play at the time. A lot of defensive heroes uh, in summary. Uh, there was, Dan. And, and, you know, they had their duo. The Bengals had the trio, and we talked about each one of them coming up with a, a, a big play, an explosive play. Everybody was like, oh, man, you know, this is you know, Olympic caliber speed for these guys. And two, well, Hill had his, his moments, obviously, 10 catches, 160 yards. A bunch of them came on a 64-yard completion, though. I mean, that was, that was a big play, obviously. He had another one for 26. So, you know, there's there's over half of it in those, in those two snaps. They shot Waddle down, you know, two catches for 39 yards. I mean, they, they did a good job. It, 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 you can't let both of them hurt you, and that's what had happened in, in the past in some of the games that the Dolphins played in. And th- they had a package where, you know, they were going to make uh, both of those guys work and earn their catches and their plays – and and it worked out because they Waddle Waddle could not uh, could not support what Hill was doing, and uh, the Bengals had a support system. You know Higgins had the big numbers. He was getting the one on one coverage. You know they were saying, okay, how just you, you eliminate him, you race him one on one. We're going to double Boyd in the slot, and we're going to double Jamar Chase. And every time Joe uh, Joe Burrow saw that man coverage, they were including the, the, the obviously the big play for the touchdown. That was huge, just a great route and a, and a great catch. But they have an answer for everything, which is which is great. And uh, Lou Anarumo, his defensive football team, they're on a roll right now. I mean, the the uh, touchdown, not not scoring a touchdown streak, ended at 24 possessions, but they're starting another one. Might mm-hmm. as well go another 20 possessions. Heck, they've only given up four touchdowns on the season. Correct. Four touchdowns now, five because the you know the pick six, but four defensive touchdowns in four football games. It's going to win you a lot of football games. And and the other thing, Miami's two for ten on third down, two for ten. I mean, that's that's going to win you a lot of football games as well. You're talking, you know, money downs, and we were talking about, you know, they the drive that started at the ten and went all the way to the two, and then they had to settle for the field goal. The ultimate bend but don't break, and you know, as the old saying goes, yards are for uh, losers, winners worry about points. You know, points on the board is what the key thing is, and they're they're amongst the league leaders points allowed. There's no doubt. I guess the only negative was the running game. They tried it. 24 carries for Joe Mixon. He did score a five-yard touchdown. He also had four catches. But those 24 rushing attempts only produced 61 yards. Just have not been able to really get him rolling yet. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, they did a decent job um, out in the field. Got to third and ones and, and converted. You know, they probably threw – it was probably – a. Five times it was probably three and two running pass, but you know the low red zone uh, failures were bothersome. Got to get it done in order to be a, a very good 
finishing football team, you have to be able to run the ball in the red zone, in particular in the low red zone, because the field's so compressed. And you have to impose yourself, you know, in, in those kind of close situations some, somewhere, somehow. So they, got, they still have work to do. They're far from a finished product, and, you know, that's the encouraging thing. I, I, think, I think Miami is a solid football team. I no think they're going to win their share of games. I think that's a pretty good group. And I think their head coach has is, is got it going on, and, and they believe in him, and he believes in them. And, you know, that two-way trust can be a powerful thing. I, I, think, uh, I think they're going to be a snootful for a lot of people. So the Bengals have faced Mitchell Trubisky, Cooper Rush, Joe Flacco. They get a little more than a half where they face Teddy Bridgewater. It's about to get more challenging in the next game, assuming that Lamar Jackson is okay when Baltimore plays this weekend. Sunday night football in Baltimore against a guy who's off to an incredible start. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's a guy that's betting on himself. He's putting all the chips in the middle of the table. <laughs> he's got a lot of incentive. And, I mean, he he's responsible in, in the first three games for 12 touchdowns, 10 passing, 2 rushing. Yeah. There's only one team in the NFL that's scored more touchdowns than he has in, as an individual. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy the stuff he's doing. So, you know, but, but I, I will say I believe in Lou. Lou. Lou's had some good game plans, and the versatility and the positionless players that he has to use as chess pieces, I just wonder what the next move is going to be to try to, uh, you know, at least check, if not checkmate, <laughs> Uh, Lamar Jackson, because that's a that's a handful right now. The way he's playing, but if if they can, if they can just minimize the production of Chase, that that defensive football team is not the same. I mean, they're struggling at this point in time. So you got to hope that Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense continue to grow and improve, and and they might be able to throw up a lot of points on the board. Because at some point, they're going to have to win the football game. The defense has been the story in the first four games of the season. They've been the consistent thread. The offense has had their ups and downs. Special teams has contributed, you know, I mean, the complimentary football aspect of it. But, you know, defensively, that phase of this football team has been the most consistent on a week-to-week basis by far. Enjoy your mini-bye weekend. You do the same, sir. Have the best weekend you ever had. The Bengals exercised some demons last year when they ended the long playoff drought and finally won a road playoff game. Next week, they'll try to exercise another demon when they face the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. The Bengals' all-time record in Sunday Night Games on NBC is 1-12. This podcast is presented by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Finally, It's time for this week's Fun Facts interview, where we get to know the person under the pads. Time for some Fun Facts with Bengals cornerback Trey Flowers from Converse, Texas, near San Antonio. Describe your hometown a little bit, and what were some of the things you enjoyed doing as a kid? Um, Typical Texas high school football town. Uh, We all shut down to go to the games. Uh, Some things I enjoyed growing up was just football. (laughs) The whole time, that's what we played. We played Every chance we got. So that was always your number one sport? Always. <laughs> always. Never. I was tall. Everybody wanted me to play basketball, but I knew in my heart I was going to play football. You have an uncle that played in the NFL, correct? Yes, sir. Eric Flowers. Uh, first round pick, 2000 draft to the Buffalo Bills. And did he help create that desire for this to become 
a profession if you could make it? Definitely. Just uh, seeing that I was there when he got drafted. We were all at my grandma's house, and I remember that day like yesterday. I don't care how long ago it was. And just knowing what football did for our family, so that's, that's all I wanted to do. We're doing fun facts with Trey Flowers. Being in Cincinnati is not the first time you've worn orange and black. You went to Oklahoma State. Why did you choose Oklahoma State, and what did you enjoy most about your college experience? Um, Why well, I chose Oklahoma State, it was a family atmosphere, a lot like here. Um, close to home, my mom liked it. They had my major. I was real big on academics, and it just worked out. I loved everything about Oklahoma State. My time there, I redshirted one year. That was probably my toughest year not playing football, but I started four years after that, and we won a lot of games. You were drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in the fifth round in 2018. Describe your draft experience. Um, typical draft experience, wanting to go earlier, but very grateful to go in the fifth round. Um, got the call, and they told me I was switching positions on the phone for the draft. So on top of being anxious and excited, it was just a lot of emotions that I really can't even explain. I was just ready to get up there and get my be put my best foot forward. From safety in college, immediately to cornerback in the NFL. What was the most difficult part about that switch? The the eyes part, mm -hmm. I would say. Just being disciplined at corner. You know, you're, they say you're on an island the whole time. Just knowing that and being able to use both eyes on the field, being in the middle of the field at safety is, is very different. So that was one of the things, the footwork, of course, just – and learning concepts from a different perspective. But it, it helped my football knowledge like through the roof. <laughs> I could see it for, through everybody's eyes now. We're visiting with Trey Flowers. You joined the Bengals last year in mid-October. After you were claimed off waivers, you hopped on the red eye, took the overnight flight to Cincinnati, and showed up at practice the next morning. Why the rush? I wanted to show uh, I, the thing in uh, Seattle didn't go as I wanted it. And I wanted to show that I was ready. I wanted to show that. Any team could, like, put me anywhere. I could play anywhere just to believe in me. So I, it was just a test to me. Like, I just – I wasn't backing off at all. When that situation didn't work out, I knew something was going to come in my favor, and it did. I got here, and it was a blessing. In a very short period of time, it felt like you had been here for, like, three years. <laughs> what was it about your teammates or the coaching staff or whatever that allowed you to fit in so quickly and so well? It was – so I remember Coach Rob from the combine. He liked me at Oklahoma State. So just that familiar familiarity. Uh, me and Jesse came out the same year. So we talked at the combine a lot. And then just seeing how serious guys were about football. It was no outside distractions when they came to work. They came to work. I always do a lot of extra stuff. Like I always lift and do that. And everybody was in there with me. Like we didn't plan it. And it was just. They saw me working. I saw them working. It just it just made us closer as a team. And they were already close when I got here. I loved it. So I just wanted to fit in. So you join the Bengals and go to the Super Bowl your first year with this team. There's a great picture of you on the Internet. I think it's from your hometown newspaper of you with your dad mm -hmm. after the AFC championship. You've just put the AFC championship hat on his head. <laughs> yeah. You two are embracing. Can you describe that moment? Man, it was just a lot of, you said fun facts, my dad was in a motorcycle accident my junior year of college. I never thought, of, I didn't think he was going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, shattered his pelvis, ruptured a lot of organs and whatnot. 
he didn't walk. He was in ICU for like 50 days. Hmm. So he kind of gave me another motivation to just keep going, keep going. And seeing him after that game, you know, it's just all the emotions coming, and it just felt so good that everything paid off. How's he doing now? Great. You know, you see him now, you wouldn't even know. He's a little slower in his step, but very grateful for life. Works out, goes to work. I love it. <laughs> That's great. We're visiting with Trey Flowers. So the Super Bowl obviously featured a heartbreaking ending for the Bengals, but it's an experience that every player dreams of reaching at some point in their career, hopefully more than once in, in your case. But what was the Super Bowl experience like for you? It was it was surreal. It was like a dream, you know, just going there and all the activities and stuff. It was a little different, you know, but at the end of the day, we were just playing football. And that's what I love to do is a little bigger crowd, a little more celebrities in the crowd. But <laughs> it was just playing football. And it sucks we came up a little short, but we'll be all right. All right. Some wild card topics now for Trey Flowers. <laughs> you are not the only Trey Flowers in the NFL. No, you are T-R-E. There's T-R-E-Y with the Miami Dolphins. Do you ever get confused for the other Trey Flowers? Now my um, – my grandma is a big Google person now, so that's what she does. She sits there and Google. She's so mad that his name comes up before mine or his picture comes up. But, <laughs> nah, that's that's about it. I've been watching him since Arkansas. I, I found out about him before he even got drafted. I used to Google myself, too, when I was a kid. So, <laughs> seeing him, I just, you know, I supported him. Family along the way, I don't know, maybe a long time ago. <laughs> Now, in your case, Trey is short for Trey Quill or Trey Quill? Trey, Trey Kill. Trey Kill. Trey Kill. So, like, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. A lot of people don't know Shaq is from San Antonio. I was a real big baby. My family ran with it. The doctors came up with it. It was They just took it and go. <laughs> you made it to 6'3", not 7'2". Man, if I was 7'2", I might have picked a different sport. <laughs> I suspect you would have. We're visiting with Trey Flowers. Yes. You have described your off-season job <laughs> as dad. Yes. What do you love about being a father? What do I love about it? It doesn't matter what type of day I'm having or what type of game I had. Or I'm real hard on myself. You know, like every other football player, they, they want to play the perfect game. And she doesn't see any of that. <laughs> she doesn't care about any of that. She sees me. She's happy, energetic. She gives me life. She gives me love. And... I just see her. I have no choice but to smile. She's so happy to see me. It's, I got to go. I just, it just gives me a motivation. Do you have any hidden talents? Hidden talents? Uh, I, I can cook pretty good. Oh, I can cook a little bit. My daughter likes when I cook, so that's my – when she tells me it's good, that, like, really does something to me. So <laughs> I would say that's my hidden talent. What's your go-to dish? My go-to dish. I'm from Texas. I'm from San Antonio, so I can make enchiladas. And mm -hmm. she really likes them, so yeah, it makes me feel <laughs> like that. That feeling there makes me feel real good that she says that. What do you like to splurge on with your money? What, my money? I was a real tight person. That's what my parents always said. Growing up, I never really – I just bought my car this year. Mm -hmm. First car ever. Five, five years in the league, never had a car. What would you do? So I had a couple of marketing deals in Seattle. And then when I went home, I used my parents' car. They had extra ones. I paid off their cars, so you got to let me use one if I paid it off. So that was it. I, I never really – I splurged on my daughter and my fiancé. They get, they got so much clothes and whatnot, but I'm a simple guy. <laughs> Since you're from the San Antonio area, is the Alamo 
overrated as a tourist destination? No, I would never say that. I would think people would want to go learn their history. There you go. And Texas history is a thing, so I always push Texas history on a lot of people. But, I mean, other people have other opinions. You'll never hear that from me, though. (laughs) (laughs) And the river walk is truly awesome. Truly. I think so. Just if you're from there, of course, you get tired of it. I can see that from some people, but. I'm sending people there if you go. If you've never been to San Antonio, you got to go see it one time at least. Totally agree. Final fun fact for Trey Flowers. This one's kind of deep. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, actor, statesman, whoever it might be, who would that person be? That's always hard for me because I'm a, I'm a real big perspective person. I, w- I would want to see like my some someone in my family, I won't say who, just younger and they get to see me like this, and I get to see them how they were. And I want to see if there's any similarities. Hmm. You know, just I always talk, I used to talk to my grandma. I talk to my grandma every day. And my other grandparents passed away. Sadly, they were a little older, but we were a lot alike. <laughs> we agreed a lot. And even as a young kid, they always would say they see me in them. And I would just want to do that. I wouldn't want I, – I can't pick somebody mm-hmm. specifically, but – I just want to go back in time and pick their brain, see if you they wanna, like me like this. <laughs> you want a time machine is what I, you that's want. That's all I want. I want a time machine. I don't <laughs> want to talk to one person. I want a time machine. Just for a couple of days, I'll come back. <laughs> that's a very good answer. I appreciate your time. This was fun. Best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, presented by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. By Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. By Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. Free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. And by Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.